Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 30th of August, 2022. And on today's show, we look at one more kind of glance at conference realignment as we head towards the beginning of, a, of the season, really a check-in on where things stand as week one is right about the start. And then also, which Big 12 team is most likely to get upset here in week one? We'll discuss that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors, once again, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Glad you all are with us today. Uh, if you're new, please make sure you all subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. really does help the channel. Make sure you guys give videos a thumbs up as well. If you'd like to pick games with us against the spread this year, make sure you join our group at CBS Sports Network. It's called Locked On Big 12 and the college sports pick them. Uh, password is just Big 12, uh, uh, lowercase letters, B-I-G, one, two, all together. And you guys can join. You're, it's free to do. You can pick games against the spread with us all season long. And the top three winners in that pool will get prize packs from Locked On at the end of the season. So make sure you guys check that out at CBS Sports, College Sports Pick'em, Locked On Big 12, Password Big 12. I'll put a link in the description of this video. Uh, all right, so this video today is our last check-in on conference realignment before the season starts. And look, this is something that you know we're going to be covering as the season goes along. You all have a lot of interest in it. The, the numbers tell me that. The engagement tells me that. And, and this channel has really grown as conference realignment has happened. So it is a big part of what we do here at Locked On Big 12. It's obviously a factor with the Big 12 Conference. We're not going to stop covering it by any means, but now there's actual football. The thing that we're really talking about in conference realignment is the product on the field. That's what it relates to. And so now it's finally get down, you know, time to get down to brass tacks and play some football, thankfully. Uh, but I think, you know, we should do one more checkup here on conference realignment as we head into the season, see where things sit, kind of project about where we believe could see, you know, things going here. Because I know a lot of you out there have varying opinions that might, you know, align somewhat with mine or uh, might be completely different than mine. But I think it's a valuable conversation. And once again, I appreciate all of your engagement. Continue to do so, whether it's football related or off field stuff or whatever it is. We love your engagement here at Locked On Big 12. So, where are we right now? Uh, this this tweet today from John Wilner kind of you know got me thinking in the preparation of the show. I was preparing before, but he does kind of a Pac-12 survival and he calls it a five-point favorite. He says the reason chances of more big expansion and big big as Big Ten this cycle have diminished. We do not believe Ohio State supports additional moves, and that's a big vote against. He puts the B1G there, or well, he capitalizes big B-I-G. Um, so I think that's a really interesting place to start this conversation is about who supports what. And at this point in time, what we know is this USC and UCLA are going to the big 12 or big 10 rather, and will be there in 2024, the 2024, 2025 season. So 2022, 2023, 2023, 2024, we're going to see USC and UCLA remain in the big 10 conference. That's where we're at right now. Uh, for the Big 12, for our purposes on that on that account. Right now, Texas and OU are scheduled to leave after that year, the 2024-2025 season. They're scheduled to leave and go and join 
the uh, the SEC. And then also next year, we're slated to get, well, we are going to get uh, BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. Those teams are going to come. When that happens and how the order of which that happens, I mean, the only solid date we have, the two solid dates we have are USC and UCLA. For Big 12 purposes, the only solid date that we have is when uh, USC, or excuse me, when the four new schools will join. The other solid date we have is the, is the latest possible that Oklahoma and Texas could leave. So we have that going on as well. The other public pieces of information that we know, Kevin Warren has publicly asked, you know, publicly been uh, pro-expansion. Mentioned that in the interview last week with uh, with Greg Gumbel over there um, on Real Sports, Brian Gumbel on Real Sports. Uh, and then also, you know, we know that you mentioned perpetual getting bigger all the time. We know that Oregon has explored, explored joining the Big Ten Conference. There are lawyers who met. So it was very exploratory in its infant stages. But despite that, we know for a fact that they are interested, uh, you know, in in potentially joining the league. So that is out there right now. The next thing that we know is the Big Ten has their upcoming television deal. They've got it uh, right now. It could be, or it's scheduled to be around seven to eight billion dollars. It could go up to ten. There are escalator clauses there. There is an escalator clause specifically for Notre Dame if they join the league. There are uh, es- potential escalator clauses for Washington and for Oregon and for other schools. The, I think the verbiage is a good faith conversation. If you guys want to learn more about this, John Orend and also Andrew Marchand, uh, John Orend of the Sports Business Journal and then Marchand of the, of the New York Post had a really in-depth podcast, great conversation last week where they talked about rights. They talked with somebody from ESPN about the rights, about the future for, you know, for all of these leagues, but a good conversation um, you know, about that. They had, they discussed all of these issues, all of these things about where the rights could be heading and whatnot. But John Oren of Sports Business Journal mentioned specifically that the escalator clause for Notre Dame is there. Um, the non-specific escalator clauses for the other schools uh, are in there also, but once again, they are non-specific. So you know, the conversation would have to happen. Now, obviously, I think it would be a good faith conversation. I think Fox wants to continue to do business with the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten wants to do business with Fox because there is a certain element of ESPN treating SEC like it's the number one product. It should, you know, it should be to some extent. It really should be. They're great brands, the Big Ten, but I think with the way we treat college football, the SEC has prioritized ESPN. Now, um, Fox has prioritized the Big Ten. And it's costing them more. They're making more money right now. So I think that's something to watch. But in 2030, that deal is up. And I, I assume that Fox and whatever properties it has at that point, and I mean properties in terms of streaming, right? This is Fox is really the big one right now where we're not talking about a streaming partner. You know, NBC has Peacock, ESPN has watch ESPN and ESPN Plus, CBS has Paramount Plus. Uh, you know, so we're talking about all of you know, the, the kind of the major networks having a streaming platform. Well, Fox is the only one that does not. Fox has the Fox Sports app. Fox has the Big Ten Network. Fox has FS1. And I think I think it's safe to say, I mean, Fox is, you know, it's uh, from where it comes from as an outlet, as like a news outlet, is more more conservative outlet. Um, and so they do, I mean, they do fantastic with their, I'm not saying the content, I'm saying, you know, their, um, their ratings typically 
on whether it be you know their programming or on news or whatever side of it is like they dominate they've done a great job with that uh you know appealing to a certain audience and getting that audience in whether it be big 10 fans or whether it be people who like sean Hannity or Tucker carlson like they're they're a bit more old school right nbc is heading in a you know kind of a different direction espn and disney are trying to branch out cbs to some extent is branching out with what their properties are fox has been able to kind of go old school linear cable cable television you know uh go that route and still be very very successful doing it i'm curious to see if they branch out here before the next big 10 deal is up but i'd assume that whatever happens uh the big 10 and fox will still be in not cahoots but probably working together by the time this is all said and done so i I think that um I would assume that that relationship is going to actually be a good faith relationship. Now, to, you know, I might be crazy or might be wrong. To what extent, I've got no clue. But I, I feel like it's pretty safe to assume that those two parties want to keep a good faith relationship because they are making money hand over fist. Fox gets the ratings. Big Ten gets the money. Everything's good. The question now is, when does the Big Ten, you know, uh, attempt maybe another a surgical strike? if you will, and who is involved in that strike. Um, do they wait? Because they can wait. I mean, they're, they're in a position where they could wait. They could go now. They can really do whatever they want. Do they wait until 2020, you know, four or five or six? Um, do, you know, do we wait until we see, you know, how long is the next deal going to be for the Pac-12? Does the, in the Pac-12, this is where they come into play. How long does the Pac-12 12 want to get um, – you know, how, how long does Pac-12 get their television deal for? Uh, are they going to sacrifice uh, maybe amount of money for the sake of, you know, a long-term deal, right? The ACC, that's that's basically the ACC did. Now, I'm not sure they knew they were doing it, but the ACC, like the ACC is safe and it's got a lot of good brands, don't get me wrong, but the ACC is predominantly safe because they have an ironclad grant of rights and it's a really long grant of rights, so getting out of that is fine. And actually, they're in a position now where they wanted to go get more schools. They could because of how long that grant of rights is. And it doesn't break the grant of rights if they add more schools. Like I, I don't believe, at least it's my understanding, that the ACC, you know, it, it just because they add more schools doesn't rip up the off, rip up the current situation and, and allow teams to leave. It's not my understanding. It works like that. So the ACC, while the money might not be there that they want to be getting, um, the the strength is there. And I think that the Pac-12 was probably going for that. But really, do the Pac-12 member institutions want to do that? I'm sure there are some who do, right? If you're Oregon State and Washington State, you're going for as long of a contract as possible. If you're a Utah and Arizona and Arizona State and Colorado, who knows that the Big 12 would probably welcome you in with opening arms, would you sign over your rights for five, six, or seven years Especially knowing you know, that that Big Ten deal is really nice. You know, I, I'd sign my rights over. I was Illinois, Northwestern, Ohio State, Michigan for however many years until 2030, but they're not in the same spot, right? So, how many years would you sign over your grant of rights for? Uh, I think that's a big question. Um, if you're those schools, so I think there's differing. I mean, this is the one really intriguing part about the Pac-12 negotiations is the differing agendas that are there right now. When you think about a Big 12 negotiation that's coming up soon, right, survival is there, but there's really not many schools looking to exit. Sure, KU going to the Big 10 is kind of the one that could make sense if they wanted to do it to get another basketball blue blood proven power in there. That's kind of the one that I think that everybody has, you know, maybe made the connection to. Once again, no reporting there, but I I think 
know, I think that's the one that you, you know, you think is kind of in the footprint, but obviously geography does not matter very much anymore. But I feel like on the Big 12 front, there's much more solidarity in terms of that, right? Nobody's looking in the Big 12 right now to make an exit. You know why? Because nobody wanted them. Nobody asked for them. And the Pac-12 didn't want the Big 12 schools. Not saying they were desirable and shouldn't have done it. They probably should have poached the Big 12 schools, but they didn't. And now the Big 12 is looking at a 12-team league they're pretty happy about. I think all the parties involved are excited about. Now, if an SEC came for a Houston, sure, your agenda might change. If the SEC came for a UCF, I think Dan Patrick had mentioned that at some point in time, sure, your agenda might change. But uh, I think generally speaking, these schools are kind of in lockstep. Get us a nice deal at a good distance. You know, it kind of makes all of us money. And we'd like to add more teams, you know, maybe in the meantime, just to kind of keep this thing rolling, keep this as a block of meaningful schools, right, that, that you know, people uh, aren't going to try and poach. I mean, maybe they do at some point in time. But I think that the Big 12 is a block of important, good quality schools. Look, I think it is. I think in football, there's no, you know, there's basketball, there's definitely no doubt. But in football, it's going to be a really good conference. It's going to be really competitive. And sure, they might not have an Alabama. They might not have an LSC. Well, LSC is up and down. So. Uh, might have an Alabama and Ohio State of Clemson, right? The dominant team is kind of where I'm going with that analogy. Um, they're not going to have that, maybe. Maybe they're all, who knows. But, you know, as a school, as a, as a group of schools that are normally very competitive, right? Baylor's had a lot of success. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State's had a lot of success. Cincinnati's had a lot of success. Houston's kind of up there. BYU's obviously got a, you know, a really good track record at their program. Like, if you got this collection of schools that are used to succeeding and are semi-valuable brands, you kind of and, and you offer inventory in multiple time windows. Once again, the Big Twelve can do this. They can offer games, uh, you know, as as early as you'd like to do it. Uh, you know, early on in the day, you can uh, you can offer those you know those nice time slots at noon. You can offer those time slots later on as well. All of that stuff is available to you. So, uh, you know, as as a conference, when you offer up this to a television partner, so I think there's a bit more. The whole point of me saying this is there's a bit more solidarity on the Big Twelve front than there is on the you know in a TV negotiation, than there is in the Pac-12 front, right? If they get the right number, they're probably all together on that. But if it's you know if, if it's kind of an ah eh, so so, and maybe we can get more in the, the the Big Twelve certain teams, I mean. You know, you wonder about the solidarity. You wonder about the length of the deal. These are all details that according to John, reportedly, reportedly by John Canzano, we might see some of these details come out here pretty soon. He thinks after Labor Day, we're going to see it. Now, that's, you know, reported figures or an actual deal itself. I'm curious to see. This all goes to say that that's the next step in this, we feel like, right? The next step in conference realignment is going to be the Pac-12 television deal that we see uh, reports for, news for, if they're adding teams, whatever it is. That's going to be the next word that we hear, in my opinion, about conference realignment. So it's kind of the big question around all of this I'm mentioning right now is, will conference realignment continue into the regular season? Yes. It's, it's not going to just go to the side. But if you're thinking about, okay, in what form will it take that deal with the Pac-12 that ESPN is going to sign or the deals elsewhere, that's the next move that's going to inform uh, conference realignment here in college football. That's 100%, my opinion, what we see as the next move that informs, once again, everything happening uh, right now as it comes to realignment. So once again, just kind of a, you know, go back through it, the recap of what we saw there, USC and UCLA going to move in 24 to the Big Ten. Oregon's got interest in the Big Ten. The Big Ten says they're going to keep expanding. The three Big 12 schools are coming in in 2023. OU and Texas will be out by, you know, at the latest 
2025. And then now we're waiting on the Pac-12 TV deal to see what is next. All right, quick word from our sponsors, then I'll get you all a little taste of what I think uh, could be, you know, who should be on upset alert as we turn our attention towards the action this weekend. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. If you guys want to get in on the action this weekend, BetOnline is the best place to do it. They've got odds for essentially every single game that we are going to see uh, this weekend, whether it's FBS versus FCS, FBS versus FBS. They've got all kinds of lines, scores, odds. They've got the over win total. So if you guys want to go USC win total against Oklahoma's win total, you guys can pick one of those and, and bet on that at BetOnline. I've got all kinds of good stuff there. So BetOnline and BetOnline.net, it is where the game starts. All right, so this weekend, the the, the thing that's really interesting about Big 12 is in, in the week two, guys, the week two for our league, I know week one kind of sucks. Week two in this league is going to be fantastic. Mizzou, Kansas State, Alabama, Texas, Houston, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Iowa. Kansas goes to West Virginia in the first conference game of the uh, of the season. Arizona State at Oklahoma State and Baylor and BYU. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games next week that I would argue are all very interesting. We've got a uh, top 25 matchup in Baylor against BYU. We've got Houston against Texas Tech on the road. We've got the uh, we've got the, the Cyhawk trophy next week as well. Alabama and Texas and a, a matchup of old rivals between Missouri and Kansas State happening too. So all kinds of great games. Now, it does come at the cost of a weaker week one. And so you're seeing across the board uh, uh, 10 or nine, excuse me, of the 10 Big 12 teams are favorites. Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma, Iowa State, TCU, Kansas, uh, and Oklahoma State are all favorite. The only dog you're going to see this week is going to be West Virginia at Pitt in the backyard brawl, which I find to be, you know, fast. I mean, I think they should be, but, you know, once again, very fascinating game. So there's your one game. Which team is most likely to get upset? And I think I have to go. I mean, you have to go with, with Oklahoma State against Central Michigan, right? Because this is the game they lost before. Now, now, OU was screwed in that game. The officials messed that one up pretty badly. Oklahoma should not have lost that contest, or Oklahoma State, rather, should have lost that contest. But I mentioned this yesterday, and I'll mention this one more time. Uh, the last four non-conference games that Oklahoma State has played, Tulsa twice, Missouri State, and at Boise State, they have all been single-digit games. They beat Mo State by seven. They beat Tulsa by five. They beat Boise by one. And the year before, they beat Tulsa 16-7. to seven. The last time that they had a game, a uh, non-conference game, that they won more comfortably was uh, was back in 2019 when they beat uh, Oregon State. They beat by 16, and they also beat McNeese. They beat the hell out of them, and they also beat Tulsa by 19 in that year. So they have had success, but I'm just saying that at least the recent versions have had a little bit of a struggle as far as it you know pertains uh, to you know to these schools winning. But this 2016 was the game where they lost in the end. Mason Rudolph's um, Oklahoma State team that ended up winning going 10 and three really should have been an 11 and, and uh, going into Bedlam. Uh, they should have been what a 10 and one team going into Bedlam that year. So they they I thought they um they got screwed, but that's just that's just me. So yeah, and that's that's the team that you're looking at, right? Because you haven't come out and you haven't come out sharp in recent memory, right? You haven't you're not coming out sharp into these seasons. You have to ease into them some. 
And so Central Michigan, while you know, I don't think it's going to be a very good team, um, you know, last year this was a – they were 9-4 and four last year. But relatively speaking, when you compare them, you know, you stack them up, um, you know, against a Oklahoma State team, they should have the advantage when it comes to talent, right? They should have the advantage when it comes to up front, especially on that offensive line. Can they contain sophomore quarterback Daniel Richardson, who had a really nice season last year? That's going to be a big question. Um, this was a really good rushing attack last season for Central Michigan. So can they, you know, can they they uh, take care of that uh, on on the year this year? You know, can they can they contain those guys? Um, that's those are kind of my big questions because this team is going to run the football. You know, it sounds like it looks like they're going to run the football, and they did pretty effectively last year. So I'm I'm looking forward to to watching that game. But I think that's the one team you'd put on alert. Obviously, Kansas. Is not a team that we're always, you know, super confident in. Um, I think the other one you probably go to is TCU against Colorado. But I, I mean, I'm not really afraid of like. I think I'd more lean towards teams that I'm not expecting than maybe a Colorado just because they're a Power Five, right? It's not really where I'm feeling this. You know, I think maybe uh, could South Dakota if things go wrong for Kansas State give them a scare. Sure, I can see that one be another one. But I'm really looking at Oklahoma State here as the one team I would say, hey, you're an upset alert week one. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you go to CBS Sports. Sign up, sign up, sign up for our college sports pick them this year. You guys get to pick games against the spread in the Big 12, also the incoming Big 12 teams. You can do it alongside myself and all the other listeners. It's called Locked On Big 12. That's the group name. Big 12 is the password, B-I-G-1-2, no caps, no spaces. To sign up, top three winners get prize packs from Locked On at the end of the year. Uh, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you guys subscribe, like the videos, thumbs up, uh, five-star reviews everywhere. Thank you guys for uh, sticking with us this offseason. It's been great. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.